Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Well, welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Gather around. We have another devotional that we'd like to share with you today. And let me ask you a question. Do you ever just look around and you feel like the opposition is always winning? Do you ever feel like Satan is always winning? Do you look at the political landscape and you just feel like the enemy wins every political battle, every legislative battle, and it seems like the God-fearing, right-thinking folks just can't seem to get ahead. Well, let's talk about that today. You see, there's a reason for that. The Bible tells us that Satan is the God of this world. You understand that when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, Many years ago, he forfeited his right to dominion over this physical world to Satan. That's why it was no idle promise. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, you know, he took him up to the Temple Mount and he he showed him what? All the kingdoms of this world. And he says to Jesus, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this. That was no idle promise. You see, Satan is the God of this world. All the kingdoms of this world are under his sway. Now, now let's give a definition. What exactly is the world? From a biblical perspective, the world is that ordered system headed by Satan, that intentionally leaves God out. And let me say that again. The world is that ordered system. Ordered means there's a hierarchy from Satan down to the ark demons, down to the lower level demons. That's why the Bible talks about rulers and principalities and powers. That ordered system headed by Satan that intentionally leaves God out. So when you look at the world systems, academia, politics, medicine, the media, have you ever noticed that God is always left out? That's by design. That's by intention. It's because Satan is the leader of the world system. In all of these different departments, academics, politics, medicine, law, the media, all of these fall within his purview, and he intentionally excludes God. He excludes Christianity. He excludes the law of God. And that's why in Ephesians chapter 6, let's pay attention to what it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
So you see, there is a, an ordered system headed by Satan that intentionally leaves God out. That's why Jesus told Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus is at the head of a spiritual kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. There are organizations that exist that are worldwide organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum, and their goal is one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world military. Their objective is power. The men at the head of these organizations are wealthy men. Their objective is not money. They already have money. Their objective is power and world domination. The thing that stands in their way is U.S. sovereignty, the U.S. economy, and undermining the sovereignty of the U.S. and the economy of the U.S. is part of their objective so that they can achieve this one-world government, which is ultimately the objective of of the enemy of our soul, the God of this world. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the kingdoms of this world and their, and its characteristic. First of all, I want you to understand that the kingdoms of this world always grow from the top down and from the inside out. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the kingdoms of this world are top-heavy. They grow from the top down. They're not true grassroots movements. The kingdoms of this world almost always begin with men of power meeting secretly in private rooms, seeking more power. And they utilize force or power to gain their adherence. They bribe the men who are in the middle. You see, the people at the top already have money and position and power. And they bribe those who are in the middle with the offer of position or power or money. And they gain their followers through the force of arms or through raw legislative or judicial power. And they enslave their adherents. They gain territory through force of arms, and they gain control over those who are under their sway. More than that, the kingdom of this world is imposed from the outside in. And once their control is imposed, outward expression of opinion is repressed. There's no regard for individual rights or freedom. The will of the ruling oligarchy is imposed on the unwilling and fearful masses. By force of arms or abuse of legislative and judicial power, the will of the kingdoms of this world is imposed from the outside in. Now, let's compare that to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God grows from the bottom up and from the inside out. What do I mean by that? Well, the kingdom of God always grows from the bottom up because it is a true grassroots movement. It starts with common folk like you and me. 
who have a love of God in our hearts. And that's why Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like, you guessed it, leaven in a lump of dough. (laughs) And you see, you never see the leaven doing its work, making the dough rise. It does so quietly. It does so in secret. It does so unobtrusively. But it nevertheless accomplishes its purpose. The kingdom of God is like yeast in a lump of dough. And the kingdom of God grows quietly even in the midst of totalitarian tyranny. It grows from the bottom up. It's not secret, but it should be shouted from the rooftops. And it's from the inside out. You see, it's always a matter of the heart. And once it's on the inside, it's gladly and freely expressed outwardly in Christian service, in Christian love, in evangelism. It it attracts followers, adherents, by love, not by force of arms. Jesus said, they will know you by your love. For you see, our God is a God of love. People join willingly and voluntarily. They're invited to join, not compelled by force. The kingdom of God values the individual, whereas the kingdom of this world has no regard whatsoever whatsoever for the individual or his rights. The kingdom of God champions individual rights. And wherever the kingdom of God expands, freedom grows. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means both spiritual and physical. So, let's talk a little bit about the history of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 1, verse verse 14 to 15, the Bible says that Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and that all men everywhere should repent and believe in the gospel. You see, Jesus' kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. It wasn't a physical kingdom. That's why he told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. It was a spiritual kingdom. Now, remember this phrase, Already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. For you see, Jesus' kingdom has already come, but it's not yet fully realized. His kingdom will not be fully realized until the end of the age, when He ushers in the new heaven and the new earth. And there are multiple intermediate stages in between, such as the 1,000-year physical reign of Jesus during the millennium. Already, but not yet, Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God, that all men everywhere should repent and believe in the gospel. Now, what is the the goal of the kingdom of God? Well, the goal is that all men should repent and believe. What's the, the tactics of the kingdom of God? Contrary to the tactics of the kingdom of this world, our tactics are evangelism. That's our only strategy. And truth is our only weapon. And Holy Spirit is our only power. And what are our current activities? Teaching, preaching, evangelism, disciple-making, 
and serving others in the love of Christ. And who are the current players? <laughs> it's you and me, brothers and sisters. All Christians are the current players in the kingdom of God. Well, contrast that with the, the kingdoms of this world. What was, this, what was its history? Well, it started in the Garden of Eden when Adam forfeited over to Satan the authority over this world. Well, it's, what's its goal? Its goal is world domination. And Scripture tells us that world history inexorably marches toward a one-world government headed by Antichrist. However, during tribulation, God will judge the kingdoms of this world, culminating in the battle of Armageddon, at which time Satan will be cast into the abyss, the bottomless pit, for a thousand years. And then ultimately, Jesus will usher in his millennial reign. The kingdom of this world will become, as the Bible says, the kingdom of our God. <laughs> the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. Now, what happens to the kingdom of God during all this time? Well, at some point in time, and of course there's debate on exactly when this happens, the church will be raptured. The believers will be supernaturally taken out of the picture. Some folks believe that will happen before the seven years of tribulation. Some believe in the middle. Nobody knows exactly when. But the church will be taken out of the picture, and this world will be judged. The kingdoms of this world will be judged. Then there will be a thousand years of the millennial reign of Christ, and then God ushers in the new heaven and the new earth— after this physical planet is burned with a fervent heat, it will be dissolved and it will be no more. Now, let me, let me give an admonition to you and me. We are no better than the Jews in Jesus' day who looked for a military Messiah to free them from Roman oppression. We are constantly looking to the next conservative president or conservative Supreme Court to make things right in America. But that is a top-down, outside-in, kingdom-of-this-world solution to the ills of our society. That is not the way of the kingdom of God. <laughs> Repent, believer, and submit yourself to the plan of God. And what exactly is the plan of God? You see, God's kingdom advances by the sharing of the gospel message from the pulpit in evangelistic crusades, by radio or television or internet, from parent to child, from friend to friend, from co-worker to co-worker. In Revelations chapter 12 and verse 11, the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Who is him? Who did they overcome? It was the accuser of the brethren. You see, brothers and sisters, we have an accuser 
and we have an advocate. Our advocate with the Father is the Lord Jesus Christ. The accuser of the brethren is Satan himself. And the Bible tells us in Revelations that they overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The kingdom of God advances by the preaching, teaching, and sharing of the gospel message and by the blood of the Lamb plus the word of our testimony. Never, ever underestimate the power of the gospel message to transform lives, especially when coupled with your testimony and the anointing of Holy Spirit. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to the Gentile and to your know-it-all next-door neighbor and to your legislator who never listens when you write him a letter or to your doctor who's a victim of medical tyranny. It, it doesn't matter who we're talking about. The gospel message is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The kingdom of God advances when you and I take that gospel message, couple it with your testimony, anointed by the power of Holy Spirit, and we share it with our children and grandchildren our next-door neighbor, and everybody in our circle of influence. And you see, like leaven in the lump of dough, the kingdom of God advances secretly, quietly, unobtrusively, right under the nose of the totalitarian regimes that hate God and hate the church and hate the truth of the gospel. And I'm telling you that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. The kingdoms of this world are destined for destruction. The kingdom of God is destined for a new heaven and a new earth. Listener, dear listener, choose sides carefully. Jesus said, broad is the way and easy that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way and difficult that leads to life everlasting. You're listening to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. If you are pleased with what you hear, please like or follow or share with your family and friends. And may the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, Go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.